God. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, and I'm saying it to you again, if you are in a hurry, you just are misreading what I'm doing completely. Hallelujah. And uh, I'll just leave it at that. Luke chapter 2, verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished, that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You may be seated. And I know, I know, I know. Uh, what are you reading Christmas scriptures for? And isn't that sad that these have become Christmas scriptures? So if these are Christmas scriptures to you, come up here, please. We'll lay hands on you. Cast that devil out. A few weeks ago, I was meditating and thinking about where we are as a church, what God is doing, and I came to the understanding that uh, where we are right now is a very precarious place. The reason that is, is because good people who have believed for something for a long time frequently miss the time. Because transitioning from having faith for someday to having faith for today. is very challenging. We have promises of God here. We have promises the Lord has made to us. They're promises that I've given my life to and for. The first one of those promises was the last week of May, 1968. There was another promise made the last week of August, 1970. And I don't have the time to go into all the specific promises we've preached them. But over the years, God has made promises to this church, for this church, about what he plans to do here. And many people that have been here around here for a while can uh, at least relate those promises, whether they can quote them or not. We are not here just 
having church. The importance of the old guy and the young lady is uh, to keep you reminded this church wasn't built on having church. That it is not the goal and mission of this church to have church. That we are not satisfying the word of God because we have church. That we are not faithful to what God is doing because we have church. And you are not obeying God and pleasing God just because you come to church. We have promises. Those promises specifically relate to our place in God's purpose, his end time purpose, his end time promises. It's what it's about. But some of these, I've got to admit for it to you, you know, Abraham only had to wait 25 years before his promise came to pass. I got promises that God made to this church that are, well, next May will be 50 years old. Waiting a long time to see them come to pass like he promised. Well, aren't you doubting? Why, why should I doubt? Aren't you questioning? Why should I question? The Lord's faithful. What he has said is going to come to pass. That's it. End of story. How it comes to pass, exactly when it comes to pass, not my problem. I am not charged with the responsibility of making things God's promise come to pass. I'm only charged with the responsibility of believing his promises and cooperating with whatever he tells me to do. In my part, those promises come to pass. The problem, the problem is, okay, for some of you precious people, the problem is the promises are way down your list of priorities. You got a whole lot of other things that are much more important to you. How am I going to pay my bills this month? Uh, are we going to have enough money for some kind of vacation this year? Or maybe it's health issues or uh, some kind of family crisis or whatever. It is so typical of us human beings to put temporal situations ahead of eternal concerns. Why should I get all overwrought in something that is temporary to the neglect of that which is right. eternal? Right. And yet we do it. We do it all the time. Because whatever the focus of my life is, it's going to get the priority in my allocation of time. Said just recently to some folks, you know, we, we've only got so many years in our lives and there's only so many 
months in our years. There's only so many weeks in our months. There's only so many days in our weeks. There's only so many hours in our day. And we know how many hours there are theoretically, 24. But, you know, how we use that time is decided by our focus, our priorities. And uh, quite frankly, in my travels, it's not, it, I wish it was just here that I could feel like, okay, I could really focus on this. We could make an impact because we could fix this so that at least would fit the rest of the body of Christ. But the problem is I haven't gone anywhere. Where the people of God are truly focused on his priorities. I don't mean that critically. I'm just, it's, it's just an observation. Because, <laughs> folks, I, I've had people tell me for years, well, I don't have time for that. And yet, we all have time for that which we really want to do. I don't have time for that. I'm very busy. But I, let, I, I promise you this. You let my wife need to go to the hospital tonight. And suddenly all that stuff I thought was really, really important. I find some way to just let that stuff slide. Because it wasn't near as important as I thought it was. Because if it was really important, I would still be doing it in spite of the fact she was in the hospital. So the problem we have is, <laughs> when promises are being believed for, when our faith is focused on the someday, it's really easy to justify whatever life or lifestyle whatever allocation of our time that we, that fits. Because someday is not today. And so therefore, since someday is not today, then I have time to do what I feel like is important today. But what happens when someday becomes today? Can you shift gears? Can you respond to today being what you believe for? Well, yeah, brother, I can do that. It's just, you know, because it's obvious that when someday becomes today, I'll, I will have no doubt that someday has become today, and now it'll be easy for me to transition. So I, I was thinking along this line, and so I, I went back to the Bible to see how they responded to someday becoming today. And guess what? For the most part, wasn't good. Why would the Messiah that they've been believing for for 
a couple of thousand years, stand and weep over a city and say, if you had only known in this thy day, this your today, but you didn't recognize that someday has become today. You didn't recognize it. You didn't see it. You didn't pick up on it. So the Lord in his mercy, and I won't re-preach this morning's message here in Arnold, but it might be of benefit to you to hear it. Uh, The Lord in his mercy just turns the world upside down. (laughs) I hadn't tweeted in a while, but I tweeted today. First time in probably six weeks, maybe. Hadn't had anything. I don't tweet to tweet. Like the Lord gives me something, I tweet. If he doesn't, I don't. So I did. I said, trust me. There, w- there will be a time when uh, the mob turns against, that, that, that is protesting the president, will turn against the Christians that they perceived help elect him. And I hope you know how to pray. And you hear me tonight, I am prophesying to you in the name of Jesus. The day's coming, and it's coming sooner than later, that the mob is going to turn against churches and Christians because they don't know what else to do. There's too much security with the government. But churches don't have security. And they want to take their wrath out on somebody. Well, I voted. I don't care who you voted for. Bottom line is the statistics say that a significant portion of Christians, especially based on the abortion issue, voted not for a man, but for a principle. And it really doesn't matter what you think about President Trump. The problem is at this point in time, the world believes that Christians were instrumental in him getting elected. And if you look at the violence that's beginning to be expressed out of frustration because they can't do anything about it, Well, you got to look at the area that's most vulnerable. And the people you've already grown to despise. Did you read anything about the fact that Christian women were not welcomed at the women's march? So it wasn't a, oh, that's absolutely the truth. Except they were unwelcome. They were told not to come. The ones that did show up were persecuted for being there. Because it wasn't a women's march. It was a political march. It wasn't a women's rights march. It's all lies. It wasn't a women's rights march. 
It was a political agenda march. So the, the bottom line, again, here, this, this is it, folks. What do you do? What do you do when someday becomes today? The question is, do you even recognize that? My, 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 my. Huh. Do you even recognize that someday has become today? I'm less than three weeks away from being 71. I'm not sick. I'm not tired. I'm not sick and tired. But I just did a five-hour time, time zone change trip. Got back Friday night. I fixed going on an airplane Tuesday to do a 13-hour time zone change trip. And then I've got to go to Brazil in March. And I'm going to May. In May, I've got to go to Spain. And you say, well, why are you doing all that? Because I don't own me. These aren't vacations. Well, don't you think that's a little unreasonable for someone of your maturity? If he doesn't know how old I am and what kind of health I have, I, I got that's on him. Well, why is it important? Because there is a sense of urgency in the spirit for those that are at all in tune with it. If you pray about something more than just being saved and just your needs, then you are aware. Of the, of the urgency in the spirit. There's an urgency in the spirit. An urgency. teenage girl I don't know what her age was could have been a she could have been as young as 14 because teenage girls were betrothed to be married at a young age it wasn't considered too young it was culture she could have been 14 could have been 16 very 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 Unlikely she was over 18. The, uh, both the Greek and Hebrew words used in prophecy of a, of a virgin, uh, maiden, conceiving supernaturally and bringing forth, those words were never used about women that had reached some kind of majority. It was always used of young girls. Those who had become capable of bearing children, but still were young girls. And an angel shows up at her house. 
and announces how highly favored she is. <sighs> now, wait a minute. You understand that for centuries, it was the desire of the virgin daughters of the believers to be the one chosen to be the mother of the Messiah. So it was a little bit of mixed feeling that a woman had when she accepted the arrangement of marriage, knowing she was going to get married and she would lose her virginity to her husband, which would then disqualify her from being the virgin girl who would bear the Messiah. Imagine having so much faith in the someday that that would even be a consideration. And finally, someday became today because Gabriel shows up and says to this young, young girl, you're highly favored above women. You're, I'm paraphrasing now. You're going to be the mother of the Messiah. How's that going to happen when I don't know a man? The Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. And that which is conceived in you will be of the Holy Ghost. And she says, be it unto me according to thy word. Oh, and by the way, your cousin, Elizabeth, has conceived and she's six months along. Well, that's miraculous too, you see, because Zacharias, Elizabeth's husband, is a priest. And she's been barren, hadn't had a child. And God speaks to Zacharias in the temple. And says, your wife's going to conceive. You're going to name him John. He, ha he doesn't have faith for all of this. Because the, the Lord told him that your son is going to be the voice crying in the wilderness. Your, your son is going to be the one to prepare the way of the Lord. In other words, your someday has just become today. And so... Mary, upon hearing that her cousin is expecting, she travels to her husband's house. And, oh, I ought to read this because it's really, really good, but for time's sake, I'm not going to. She walks in to her cousin's house. And when they greet each other, Elizabeth says, What a privilege, what an honor that the mother of my Lord has come to see me because from the moment that I heard your voice the babe leaped with joy in my womb someday had become today it's easy to believe for someday 
Let you have your own priorities, your own schedules. Do your thing. Go where you want to do. Go do what you want to do. It's like saying you want to be a mother. You want to be a father. It's easy to talk about that till the labor pain starts. And someday becomes two-day. And then in a couple of days, at the worst, you're leaving the hospital with a bundle that doesn't care what your schedule is and how tired you are. No, no, no. Your someday has become two-day. And your two-day says, I'm more important than anything else you've got going on. And if you're, going to, if you're going to have any rest at all, you're going to take care of me first. Because you see, when someday becomes two-day, it demands to be first in your life. And for those that have the faith to transition for believing for someday to believing that this is the day, they make that transition. But to those that don't recognize and don't have that priority and they spend all these years believing for someday only to realize how inconvenience to them someday be- or today becomes after all those years of believing they miss out on being a part of today it's a great challenge my friend to transition from believing in someday to today. That's <laughs> really quite amazing, you see, because when today arrives, there's a whole lot of stuff that's a big deal to you. Problems you've got, difficulties you're facing, challenges, things that are going on you don't like, things that are happening you want you would like to see differently. All of a sudden, the Lord just it's like he takes his his big arm and just just wipes everything off your tabletop and leaves your tabletop brand new clean and all the stuff you had cluttering your life he just says eh not important anymore wait 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 no no waiting to it those things fit in someday but they don't fit in today Mary, you, I didn't, I knew I, I've read it, but today I read it again. And, uh, Mary stayed with Elizabeth all the way up until just about the time her baby was born. And so the baby's born. And, uh, everybody assumed he's going to be main, named Zacharias like his dad. But John says no. I mean, Zacharias says no. And he, most, because when he didn't believe God, God smote his tongue so he could not speak. And he went dumb for nine months. So when he asked, (laughs) anybody want to question whether or not God's ready to do something? (laughs) You want to spend nine months being dumb? So he asked for a tablet to be brought, brought. And he wrote, his name is John. And when he did, the Lord loosed his tongue. He could speak again. And if you want to read something awesome, read what Zacharias prophesied about his own son. That he was going to prepare the way of the Lord. Because Zacharias 
understood that someday had become today. So some six months later, Joseph has to take his overly pregnant wife from Nazareth to Bethlehem because of the Roman taxation. You had to go back to the town from which you were born. But the prophecy said, Oh, Bethlehem Ephrathah, out of you shall come him. And the Messiah had to be born in Bethlehem. But his mother hadn't been living there. His mother had been living someplace else. So the Lord had the Roman government issue a decree that all people in the the Middle East had to go back to their place of birth so they could register properly for taxation. So whatever the government's motive was, it served God's purpose of fulfilling the prophecy to get his mother to the place of the city of David, Bethlehem, so the word of God could be fulfilled. And he was born. Oh, and by the way, Matthew, Luke tells us about Mary's visitation of the angel. But Matthew tells us of Joseph's visitation by that same angel. Oh, by the way, your wife's expecting, but don't, don't, don't put her away. And don't, uh, don't be afraid because she's not pregnant by man. She's pregnant by God. You've just been entrusted with being the legal father of the Christ child. Because whoever is the father of the mother or is the husband of the mother when the baby is born, whether he conceived that baby or begat that baby in that woman or not, he is the legal father. He's the legal father. Has nothing to do with DNA. Has everything to do with who the mother is married to at the time of the birth. So that therefore, biblically, spiritually, legally, Joseph was the father of Jesus. Now he told Mary, you're going to name him Jesus. But if you read in Matthew who did the naming... It said he, Joseph, named his son Jesus. Get this now, okay? All the way back to the garden. The Lord prophesied to the woman and the serpent. Serpent, you're going to bruise the heel of the woman's seed. But the woman's seed is going to bruise your head. And the people of God all the way back then understood that at some point there was a deliverer or savior going to be born. And from that point on, men began to believe there was a coming Messiah. So for approximately 4,000 years, man believed there was a Messiah going to be born. But it was always someday. It was never today. And what is so desperately sad, tragically sad, is when you read the account of those that believe that, they didn't recognize him because they missed all the signals. He didn't come like they thought he was going to come. So there someday 
never became today. And they ended up rejecting the very one they were believing was going to come. I'm aware, Antioch Central, that this has been very difficult on everybody, all these transitions. I understand, and especially you folks that have been around here a while, you know, it's not that you don't love my sons, but we miss you. People say all the time, I appreciate that, that's kind. But you've got to understand something. Someday couldn't have become today with me as the preacher. That was the prophecy in November of 98. The Lord said, you will live to see all of my prophecies come to pass at Antioch, but they will not come to pass through you. What am I going to do? I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I got here first. If it's going to happen, I want my hand to be on the heads of the folks getting the Holy Ghost. I want to be the one baptizing. I, 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 I. No. The Lord said, not happening. So if you want someday to become today, you've got to make plans to get out of the way. Not making way for other people. But making way for God's plan. Well they're different than you. Praise God. Because we established a long time ago. A steady diet of me is not easy to take. I don't mean that defensively. I'm not a pastor. Neither am I an evangelist. So those aren't my callings. They're not my giftings. And it's a negative thing for there to be a steady diet of me in a, in a local church situation. So what it's allowed me to be is become all that I'm, I don't know about all, but I'm working on that, trying to let the Lord work on that. It's allowing me to become what he's purposed me to be. Jacob, when he met his brother after returning from exile, he made peace with his brother because he was sure Esau was going to kill him for his trickery. And he probably deserved it. I'm sure if I was Esau, I would have been convinced he deserved it. But Jacob... Prevailed all, prevailed all night with the Lord, and the Lord turned that whole situation around. So Esau says, well, welcome home, brother. Come on home. Come on. Let's go. And Jacob said, uh, I'll send all of the family and everything ahead of you, but I've got to stay with these sheep because I can't go fast with these sheep because they're heavy with young. In other words, a shepherd understands that a flock that's pregnant with this year's crop of lambs can't keep the same pace as a flock that's not pregnant. That's the way a shepherd thinks. 
Anybody been around long enough to understand that I don't think like that? That's why it's really good that there's an insulation between you and me most of the time. Some of you think I'm not involved. I'm more involved right now than I've been in the last 11 years. I just let that simmer. I've always known what was going on, but I didn't always have a, a voice where I could use that information positively without it potentially doing damage to leadership that I was uh, charged to trust. But now the Lord's changed all that around, and I have a voice, and I have a right to have a voice, and it's in a very positive way, and I'm involved, very involved. There are no decisions being made here that I don't have a voice in, not one. Literally. But this was all God's plan so that Antioch could get from someday to today. So that means all of us have to make peace with the transition. All of us have to get over how this is affecting us personally and see, okay, what is my place in this? What is my part? What is my role? How can I be a part of someday becoming today? I wish I could adequately tell you the privilege of the place you're in in a way so that it would not sound either self-serving or braggadocious. Suffice to say, there are places, people all over the world that would trade places with you in a heartbeat. I don't know any other, this is being streamed and that's, Paul said, I speak as a fool. <laughs> it's never easy to be a part of the trailblazing. There's no markers out there. You have to trust God for every step. <laughs> but one day, an angel showed up to a young girl. That same angel showed up to a man that was, she was espoused to engaged to shows up to a cousin you do know that john the baptist and jesus would be called what we would call second cousins they knew each other they grew up spending some time together as children you you are aware of that right when jesus came to be baptized it wasn't the first time that john ever saw jesus But something happened that day. Because when John came, when Jesus came to be baptized with John, because that was the plan of God, 
this, the spirit appeared supernaturally as a dove and rested upon Jesus. And John's second cousin that he's known about all of his life because he's six months older and he's known all of Jesus's life is now revealed to be the Messiah. You say, well, he knew that already. Really? Then you tell me why Jesus' own brothers and sisters, half-brothers and sisters, because they were the blood relatives of Joseph, were shocked to find out he was the Messiah. Because it's very easy to do a little bit of two plus two and realize that Joseph must have been uh, older to some significance of uh, over uh, uh, Mary, which was not unusual back then. It wasn't unusual even in my lifetime. My grandfather was thirty. My grandfather Wright was thirty six. His wife was eighteen. wasn't unusual. Why? Because he had 12 children. You know, marry a 30-year-old woman and have 12 children. That's stupid, isn't it? She'll kill you in your sleep. <laughs> what are you doing to me, you idiot? Right? So apparently, Joseph was some significant degree older than Mary. So at some point, Joseph died. Guess who became the source of the income to take care of Mary and the brothers and sisters? Jesus, working in a carpenter shop to earn the money to pay the support for the family. And they didn't know he was the Messiah. And so when their today replaced their someday, they had a hard time accepting him. Even though I don't have time for it today, but it's fairly simple proof, okay, that six of the twelve apostles were related to Jesus by blood. I don't believe in nepotism in the church. It's only nepotism if flesh is putting people in position. You know how easy it would be to just be able to be dead. You know the number of days I've longed to just be able to be dead. To just get together as a family like everybody else gets to get together. If you think I chose this route, you're out of your mind. James was a brother of Jesus. Jude was a brother of Jesus. Peter and Andrew. James and John were cousins. Six of the twelve he chose 
We're blood relatives. Because somewhere in the process, you see, those brothers that grew up having to take orders from him after Joseph died, had to finally get past believing the Messiah was coming to saying, He's the Messiah. He's the Messiah. I wonder if John and the Baptist and Jesus ever tussled like boys do. I wonder if they ever competed against each other in whatever kind of games. Because boys always find something to compete with. That's just boys. If it hadn't been for competition, I'd have had no relationship with my brother at all. Because he had nothing to do with God at the time and I wanted to be a Christian. So the only bridge we had to really have a relationship was competition. And because in most neighborhoods we were both, we were the two best athletes, they would never let us play on the same team. That's truth. So we always ended up competing against each other because the neighborhood kids would not allow it. But that was our relationship. I don't know the number of hours we spent playing catch. Football, baseball, didn't matter. That's what we did. That's how we had a relationship. I wonder if Jesus and John the Baptist ever had that kind of relationship. Can you imagine the shock that John the Baptist had when he'd been preaching about the coming of Messiah for six months? And he baptizes his second cousin. And all of a sudden, the sign that he had been told to look for, the Spirit of the Lord like a dove, coming down and resting upon him. And he says, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Right in front of John's eyes. He'd been saying, you know, it's one thing to say, he must increase, I must decrease, till it's your second cousin. Okay, your younger second cousin. It's easy to say that in the flesh. Sounds really good. Till someday becomes today. And the decrease has got to start. Oh, it's easy folks to come. Preach about what God's going to do. But what happens when it's time for God to do? Am I going to be on board with him? Or am I going to say, no, 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 no. I didn't plan on this disrupting my life like this. I wanted today to fit into my life like someday always has. I wanted to be continue to be able to be me. To have my priorities today, like I have always had 
leaving for someday. Hear me, folks. If you have any confidence at all that I'm a man of God and that I hear from God, those ministries of Antioch and those saints of Antioch that make the transition from someday to today, this year, are going to see things that you've only ever heard about. Those that don't are going to be spectators and by your own choice, not by leadership, not by structure, but by God himself, you will be squeezed off the field into the stands to be spectators from now on. I'm not being unkind. This is how people knew someday had become today because God gave his word. God gave his word. <laughs> this is pretty amazing, isn't it? You know, <laughs> got these shepherds out in the hill take care of the sheep, which proves it wasn't in December. <clears throat> Selah. And... Uh, <laughs> Just minding their own business, and all of a sudden, two day interrupted. Angelic choir in heaven singing, rejoicing. Not in the king's palace, not in the throne room of Israel, but to some shepherds out on hillside with their sheep. Born this day in the city of David, Savior, Christ the Lord. Glory to God in highest, in the highest. On earth, peace. Not peace on earth, read it. On earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Go, you'll find the babe in a stable, wrapped in a blanket in a manger. So they leave their sheep. You're kidding me. The shepherds left their sheep unprotected and went to find this baby in a stable. And then they tell Mary and Joseph what they've experienced. Oh, Jesus. And surely, all of their friends and relatives, having heard what they experienced, flock to the stable to see the babe. Not. No. No. Didn't happen. 
Because you see, it's a lot more convenient to believe in someday than today. Well, I don't know how much time lapped here, but, uh, well, let me go to this other story first. So eight days later, they take Jesus to be circumcised, dedicated to the Lord. Here comes this old guy. He said that the Lord told him he was going to live to see the promise. And the promise was a little infant boy. And the man says, I can now die in peace because I've seen your salvation, God. Huh? This little baby is today? How much faith did it take to believe that baby was going to grow up to be the king of kings? And the Lord of Lords. Do you know how many of his disciples were probably not even born at that moment? We know John wasn't. He was the youngest of the bunch. And then this 84-year-old widow who had been married seven years. And her husband died and she spent the rest of her life. Praying and fasting in the temple. Hearing Simon, the old guy, say, I've, I, I die now. God's fulfilled his word. I've seen someday become today. And I'm holding him right here in my hands. She hears this. She comes out and blesses the Lord and blesses his mother because she too recognizes that someday has become today. What about everybody else standing around? Didn't all those priests know Simon and Anna? Didn't they know them? Didn't they know how spiritual they were? Where's the crowd that believed these declarations of faith that someday has now become Today, wrapped up in this infant baby boy. Nah, no crowds. It was sometime later. I don't know how long later. It wasn't. The wise men didn't come to a manger. Read it. They came to a house. So when the wise men showed up, it was to a house. I know where the house was. I didn't read it that closely, but I noticed it was a house. The shepherds came to a manger. In a stable. The wise men came to a house. And these men were from the east. I don't know how far east is, but east in this context is east of Jerusalem. They were not Israelites. But somehow, in their, in their seeking after God, they knew that there was a Messiah coming who was going to be the king of the Jews and the savior of the world. And there, all of their uh, uh, seeking after God and whatever signs they were looking for pointed to the fact he's here. And they began to follow a star that hadn't been there before. That star led them to Israel. 
led them to the king's house. Where is he? Where is he that's born king of the Jews? Uh, I don't know about that. I'm the king of the Jews. Where is he at? So you had to get the scholars out. Okay, where was it? Where did it say Messiah was going to be born? Uh, Bethlehem. Take the army down there and kill every baby that's two years old and under, under because I'm not willing for some day to become two day. What do you do when you try to kill the promise of God because it's inconvenient to your life? What do you do? What do you do when, no, 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 not now. This doesn't fit with me. I got too many troubles. I got too much stuff going on I need to fix. Have you ever, has it ever dawned on you that God himself is the one that lets your life be chaos to see if you will put him and his work as priority over your life and all the tentacles that's got wrapped around you? You know, when I get this straightened out, I'm going to give myself to God. When I get all this stuff fixed, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be, it's going to be, God's going to be my priority. When, 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 no, no, no. That's the test. Don't you get that's the test? Don't you get it? That's the test. Someday never becomes today at your convenience. Someday. Never becomes today at your convenience when it fits smoothly into your life. I hope you're listening. I pray that you're listening. There's such a move of the Spirit of God in this place. It's deep. And that's the problem. Because we judge a move of God by how much motion and emotion is going on. But the deepest moves of God, you got to be tapped into and tuned into to even know it's happening because it's happening way down deep here where real change is affected. Not one person that God greatly used in the Bible did he ever greatly use them at an opportune time and season in their life when everything was okay? Not one single person. That's why the scripture teaches us to cast all our care. That's why the scripture teaches us to trust our heavenly father. That's why the scripture teaches us to be crucified with Christ so that we're not living, but Christ is doing the living. And so the faith that's being lived through us is not ours, but his. Because it's never going to be convenient for someday to become today in your life. It's never going to be convenient. It is never going to be convenient for someday to become today in your life. Jesus name Jesus name think of all the people as, as the book of Hebrews chapter 11 says these all died in faith not having received the promises 
Think of all the people that died with only ever having faith in someday. The privilege to be a part of the generation where all of this comes to pass in the fullness of time Christ was born. In the fullness of time. And it doesn't matter whether you're 71 or 11. It's not the issue. The issue is you're a part of the generation. Old or young. Married or single. You're a part of the generation upon whom the ends of the world are come. Because someday has become today. If you recognize it. God never gives great things to those that only believe in today after they see it all happening. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. And then finally... Here, he's become 30. He's lived 30 years on the earth. And other than that flurry of prophecy and recognition when he was just a baby, there's no evidence of any other confirmations that the Messiah's been born, that someday's become today for almost 30 years. And then all of a sudden, he's saying to fishermen, leave your nets. He's saying to the tax collector, Matthew, leave your, leave your business. He says to one guy, let somebody else bury, bury your dead father. Come, marry, come follow me. Sounds harsh, doesn't it? The only way that it makes sense is, Someday has become today, and today is urgent. He says to the rich young ruler, go sell everything you have, give to the poor and follow me. But the man couldn't make the trip between someday to today because he was very wealthy. What are your plans? What's your hopes? What's your dreams? Those of you that are old enough to retire, where you plan to ride off into the sunset to spend your days knitting or playing golf or meet with a bunch of other old folks just waiting to die like you. Is that what retirement is for you? Or is it an opportunity to say, Man of God, I don't know what you need being done, but I'm now full time in the work of God. Tell me what to do, because I want to be a part of today. What are you going to do, friend?
What kind of transition are you going to do? Have you ever heard it said that Jesus told his disciples when he sent them out, the 12 and then the 70? He said, uh, don't go to anyone but the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why did he say that? Well, he's trying to get them to reach Israel that was lost. No, they weren't lost yet. But see, these were people living at the end of the old covenant. And for hundreds of years before, prophets, prophets had prophesied there was coming a new covenant. The Messiah wasn't going to just come to set up Israel as a nation and a kingdom. The Messiah was coming to establish a spiritual kingdom. That's what he was coming for. The problem was these people were going to live on the day that someday became today. And I'm I'm using this approximately. The Bible says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, it came sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. There were cloven tongues like the fire set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. That is the new covenant. So here's the point, folks. All of those that were in the saved group up until 5.59 a.m. on the day of Pentecost were saved. But those that had not believed the preaching of the Messiah and his forerunner john the baptist who was spent for sent for essentially four years john the baptist six months and jesus approximately three and a half years according to what three to three and a half years according to most scholars the bible makes sure that we can't figure it out exactly their ministry was for the purpose that nobody that was saved would ever stop being saved when someday became today. But unfortunately, many of the lost sheep of the house of Israel never, never made that journey. They never prepared. They weren't ready. So they went from being saved under the old covenant to lost at 6 a.m., on day of Pentecost, because the new plan of salvation started that moment when the Holy Ghost was poured out. They were lost. I see it in a few eyeballs. You don't agree with that. Too bad. Bring your scripture. You think I'm just popping off the mouth on this? You don't think I've looked at this in depth before I say something like this? Or maybe you believe there was two different ways to be saved on the earth at the same time. Because if you believe that, bring me your book, chapter, and verse where God ever allowed people to be saved by either or. 
Make your choice. You like this plan of salvation better? You can do that one. You don't have to do this, this one. You can do that one. Just pick which one works for you. Show me when God ever did that. And why were they sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel? Since they weren't lost yet, but were going to be. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, someday became today, and everything changed. And that may be the most dramatic change in the histories of someday, because Christ being born didn't immediately change anybody's life. Christ being baptized didn't dramatically, immediately change anybody's life. So the most dramatic someday becoming today was the day of Pentecost when the covenants changed. And those that were trusting the covenant that now is the old covenant as their plan of salvation, it was done away with. The book says it was done away with. And the only way to be saved then was by the new covenant. And those that had been, that had repented of their sins had been baptized in those three and a half, four years before that day. They simply were ready to receive the Holy Ghost. We know that 120 received it that morning, but by evening, another 3,000 received it. And we know that we don't know how many people got saved on a daily basis? But the Lord added to the church every day such as should be saved. And we know the healing of one lame man at the gate, beautiful, brought in 5,000 men into the kingdom of God, no, no, not counting the number of men, women and children. And every individual who allowed their someday to become today became evidence against those that didn't. Oh, my dear friends, for better or worse, I know most of you. I'd be thrilled to death if I didn't know very many of you at all. And that day's coming. That day's coming when there's going to be so much growth. So many people are going to be saved. That I'll walk into a situation like this and preach and people won't, won't even have a clue who I am. And I won't have a clue who they are. Except we're all in the same body of Christ. Sister Wright, if you'd come. Here in this last moment or two, and I have no idea what time it is. I don't know if I preached long or short and I could care less. Here in this last few moments. I loose upon you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That you might know the hope of his calling for you. 
the riches of the glory of his inheritance of the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus, I bind the spirit of blindness off the eyes of the believers so that you can see. Command the scales to fall off your sensitivity so you can sense and know the time. Is there anybody sitting here that's not crisis in your life of some sort? I doubt it very seriously. Is there anybody sitting here that there's not some kind of trouble in your life? And some of us far more trouble than others. I beg of you as your bishop. In Jesus name I beg of you. Do not allow your circumstances. To hinder you. From making the transition. From someday. To today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I, I, I'm not going to ask you to do anything. If you feel to come up here and pray, it's fine. You're welcome to pray right where you are. But we need to talk to the Lord. I can't tell you how critical this is. I can't tell you how important this is. I can't tell you. of a disaster my life is right now oh I understand how much of a disaster the Holy Ghost has allowed your life to be that the Father's allowed your life to be so that you don't have anything to rely on upon Him but Him you know it's a great thing when you really have nothing to lose it's not hard to give it all up to be a part of Him the Bible talks about the difficulty some go through when they've got a lot to lose and they don't value some today over what they're able to be involved in someday come on come on we need to go a little farther here come on the Lord's trying to talk to us the Lord's trying to help us in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Nathaniel, if you never come out of that chair, are you willing to be a part of today from that chair and not resent God for it? I believe that. I believe that. That chair is not a hindrance to God. What it is, is it in your life that's got you quote unquote hindered? What is it in your life that's got you distracted? Some physical problem? Some financial problem? Some family problem? What 
what is it? What is it you're going to allow you, allow to cause you to not make the trip from believing for someday to believing to today? What is it? What is it? Brother, you don't understand. If I do this, that, or the other, that's going to cost me my family. It's going to cost me my friend. My husband may not like it. My wife may not like it. Blah, 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 blah. Really? Take my hand. Hear me. And my plans. All of that in eternity is going to be of no value to you. My plans. For I'm placing. In the name of Jesus. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. In Jesus' name, I pray the Lord would open your eyes to everything that's become a big deal in your life. And that you'd finally be honest about that big deal. Of whether or not it's truly a big deal or just a big deal you've made it to be. This is my pulpit. This is my pulpit. But someday, for someday to become today, I had to give up ownership of this pulpit. I'm not talking about this particular furniture, but standing, having the right to be the person standing before Antioch and preach all the time. So what is it that's become your obstacle? In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on. Come on, the Lord's ready, Antioch. What are you going to believe, Antioch? What are you going to believe, Antioch? This isn't a sermon. Have you figured that out yet? This isn't a sermon. I've never preached this in my life. This is a word from God for Antioch. Not just Antioch Central, but Antioch. But it's also a word from God for the body of Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If I can't be the big name here, I'm just going to pout, really. Being the big name is not all it's cracked up to be. If I can't be the most important person in Antioch, I, I don't want to be anything, really. What about the kingdom of God? What about the one that hung on the cross for you? Aren't you willing to follow him? Aren't you willing to serve him? In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Atahaya la rada tihe kala rata tahaya. Tihe kala raya la rata tahaya. Brother Rat, you don't know the trials I've got. So you're the only one with trials. You don't know the pain I've got. So you're the only one with pain. You don't know the challenges I have, Brother Wright. So you're the only one with challenges. I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to help you understand what the Word of God says. What the Lord expects of us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah.